That being said, take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and I want you to turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible or an app with you, uh, feel free to grab one of the Bibles that are in the chairs around you. Um, And if you don't have a Bible at home, please, at the the end of service, take that Bible in the chair next to you uh, and walk out the door with it. We want everybody to have a Bible uh, that they can read and reference and study. So so let that be our gift to you this morning. Take that Bible uh, home with you. Um, If you're not familiar with where the book of John is located, uh, what I would encourage you to do is turn to the table of contents uh, in the front of your Bible. The Bible's broken up into two main sections, Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, John is located in the New Testament, the second section, and it is the fourth book in that section. Uh, So find the book of John and flip through until you hit a big number 10, John chapter 10. So as you're turning there, we're going to be talking about a statement that Jesus says. There's actually two statements here in this passage. Uh, So we're going to touch on one this week and one next week. This is a two-parter. And so the statement that he makes this week is I am the gate. And the statement that he makes next week is I am the good shepherd. Both of those statements are tied to the practice of, of watching over sheep uh, back in Jesus' time. Now sheep, let me tell you right now, I grew up on a ranch uh, in Texas, uh, and I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that sheep are some of the dumbest animals that God ever put on this earth. They are literally completely incapable of caring for themselves without a shepherd. Uh, For example, back in 2006 in Turkey, uh, there was a a large sheep flock. The shepherd had to, he had an emergency. He had to leave and leave the sheep behind. Uh, When he returned to the area where his sheep were at, he found that they had all 400 walked off the edge of a cliff and perished. One sheep ended up walking off the cliff and all 400 of them followed that one sheep off the edge of the cliff. Uh, You can look it up. It happened in Turkey uh, back in 2006. Uh, Sheep are insanely dumb animals. Here's the thing. In the passage that we're about to look at in the Bible, guess who Jesus calls the sheep? Us. And spiritually, we are incredibly dumb animals. Now, let me, let me kind of lighten things up just a minute for you. Let me show you a picture of Shrek. This is Shrek the sheep. Shrek is a sheep that in the mid-2000s, he was in New Zealand. He was part of a flock of sheep in New Zealand. And in this flock, uh, one day the shepherd was leading the sheep uh, out in the pasture, and Shrek roamed away from the flock and ended up hiding in a cave for six Years, And this is what he ended up looking like after six years of being out on his own. I'm going to come back to Shrek in just a minute, but that's what's going on. Let me kind of give you an idea of what happens uh, in shepherding back in Jesus' time. And still in much of the world today, shepherding is still practiced at a, at a high level. Um, so back in Jesus' time and still today, what would happen is a shepherd would be in charge of a group of sheep. In Jesus' day, it was usually a a small group of shepherds. And today, you've generally got one or two shepherds and some sheepdogs. And in the warm months, they travel all over finding good pasture so that the sheep can eat, they can grow good wool, they can gain weight, etc., etc., etc. But then in the colder months, 
In, in Israel, what would happen is the shepherds would take the sheep to a designated area where he had a pen, a, a sheepfold. And he would keep them in the pen overnight. And then during the day, he would lead them out to go find good pasture. And then again at night, when it started getting cold, he would bring them back to the pen and, and would watch over them. But here's the cool thing. Back in Jesus' time, the shepherd would literally, at night, he would lead all the sheep in, and then he would sleep at the gate. He would be the barrier between the sheep and whatever was outside of that sheep pen. He was the protector. He literally was the gate. The sheep wouldn't walk out of the pen because there's a shepherd laying in the way. And wolves and bears would not come toward it because there was a shepherd in the way. Uh, if you go back and read uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel is about uh, King David and King Saul. And there's a point where King David, before he became king, he's talking to Saul and he tells Saul, I was a shepherd. I was a shepherd boy. I, that's what I did. I watched over sheep. And there were times when bears and lions would come to take my sheep and I would physically wrestle them and kill them with my bare hands. That's the kind of life that Jesus is going to be talking about in the illustration that we're studying today. So take your Bibles, turn to John, and we're going to start in verse 1. Now as you're looking there, let me give you uh, what happened in the previous chapter, John chapter 9, because it ties in here. So in John chapter 9, Jesus uh, encounters a blind man, and he takes some mud and he puts it on his eyes, and he instructs the blind man to go to this pool and wash the mud off, and that he would be healed if he did that. So the man goes to the pool, washes the mud off, he opens his eyes, and he can see. It's a miracle. He blind man now, now can see, and the Pharisees find out, and they bring this blind man to the, the council of the Pharisees, and they start interrogating him. And in the interrogation, the blind man actually has a really interesting interaction with the Pharisees. I encourage you to go read John chapter 9, because basically this calls the Pharisees out. Well, in the midst of that conversation, the blind man refuses to denounce Jesus because Jesus was the one who had healed him. And so what ends up happening towards the end of John chapter 9 is the Pharisees kick him out of the synagogue. In other words, the blind man is removed and not allowed to come back to his religious family. And then at the end of John chapter 9, it says that Jesus went to go find the blind man. He didn't wait for the blind man to come find him. He didn't leave the blind man on his own. He went and sought him out. And he has a conversation with him. And there were Pharisees right there. And that's where we dive in with chapter 10. So look with me in verse 1 of chapter 10. Mind you, the Pharisees are listening. And he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Now let me give you some context. Why does he use thief and robber? In the original Greek language that this book was written in, there are two words, two different Greek words here. The word for thief it connotated a man that would slip in unknown. He, he would sneak his way in or he would break his way in without anybody knowing and he would steal stuff and then he would slip his way back out. That was a thief. A robber was a man that would boldly come into a house, beat up who was ever in there, take what he wanted and then leave. He was a violent robber. 
And so Jesus, mind you, he's directing this to the Pharisees. He's calling the Pharisees thieves and robbers. He's saying, you Pharisees, you do things that are both sneaky and undercutting and sly, but you also spiritually in a violent way deceive and hurt the people. So that's what he's saying. Now pick up in verse 2. He says, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all to his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Verse 7, now Jesus said again to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before, came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Isn't that an interesting passage? Isn't that interesting how he connects the gate of the sheep pen to his identity? He is the gate. So he's talking about uh, this, this context of, of the sheep and the, the pen. And in verses 1 through 3, he talks about that the, he who enters through the gate is the shepherd. Now remember, he's, he's interchanging a lot of different metaphors here. He's not just saying he's the gate. He's also saying he's the shepherd. He's saying that he's both. But we're going to focus on the gate. Verses 4 through 5, he makes the connection that we are the sheep. And let's be honest for a minute. Spiritually speaking, we are dumb sheep, aren't we? We are completely in need of a Savior. We need the shepherd. The biblical truth of what I'm talking about here is this. Every single person who has ever been born on this planet except for Jesus, every single person has sinned and falls short of God's perfect glory. In other words, we're the criminals. We're the ones who have broken the law. We're the ones who have fallen short. And we're now sitting in front of the judge. But Jesus, as the gate, came in and He died. He shed His blood as a perfect sacrifice so that we would not have to pay the price of our crimes. So that we would not have to pay for the consequences of our sins. He stepped in and He paid the price for us. We are the sheep. You see, we can't give enough money. We can't do enough good things. There's nothing we can do to get our way into heaven. You can't earn it. The only way to eternal life is through Jesus. It's through the sacrifice that He gave that we can have eternal life. And here's the thing, the cool thing about verses 4 and 5, it doesn't just say that Jesus is this sacrificial uh, giver of life, this rescuer that we so desperately need. But catch what it says in verses 4 and 5. He knows us by name. 
He knows your name. He knows, according to other passages in Scripture, He knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. He knows exactly your thoughts, your feelings, your struggles, your worries, your fears, the baggage that you bring into this life. He knows it all. And He wants to sit with you, to accept you, to bring you in, to save you and rescue you from your sins and bring you healing. He knows you that well. And He loves you that much. That's what Jesus is when He says He is the gate. The cool thing is, is it says also that those who are of His sheep, we know His voice. We hear His voice and we know Him when He calls to us. But I find a lot of hope in the fact that Jesus knows my name. He knows my situation. He doesn't have this blanket policy that that doesn't take our individual situations into account. He cares for each and every one of us right where we're at. And He wants to redeem all of our unique individual situations. That is how much God loves us. Then in verse 7 through 9, that's when He starts talking about the metaphor, I am the gate. So He is the gate. He is the one preventing the thief from coming in and stealing and killing and destroying. And if we enter in through Him, He is the only gate. He's the only way in. When we enter in, we enter into His rescue and His protection. We're not just saved and then left alone. We're in a lifelong, eternal relationship with the one who rescued us and then turns and protects us as well. So there's an interesting section here in 7 through 9 where he says they go in and they go out and they find pasture. Now, Now, let me ask you, according to what you know about what I've told you about sheep, what is the one and only thing that sheep think about? Food. It's literally, I think, the only thing that a sheep is capable of thinking about. Sleeping and eating. I I don't know that a sheep can comprehend anything else. And the fact is, is that Jesus says, I am the gate. If you come in through me, you'll be rescued. You'll be saved. And not only that, I'm going to let you in and out to go and find pasture. In other words, Jesus doesn't just say, I'm going to rescue you and I'm going to protect you. But he also says, I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to be your provider, your provision in life as well. And so Jesus is not just our Savior. He's not just our protector. He's our provider also. He gives us everything that we need. He's the only path that leads to eternity. He's the only path that leads to our thriving spiritually. Without Him, we have no hope of being spiritually healthy. So here's my one statement. Here's my big idea. If you have ignored everything I've said this morning, I want you to pay attention to this one sentence. And then you can keep on ignoring me. But listen to this one statement. Here it is. Leave your baggage at the gate and let Jesus take your weight. Leave your baggage at the gate. Think back. Who's the gate? What's the gate? Jesus is the gate. Leave your baggage with Jesus. Let Him take that weight off of you. Let Him 
be the one that supports and lifts you and sustains you. Remember verse 7 says that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came to bring life and to bring life abundantly. He doesn't want us to just coast by or just barely get by. He wants us to spiritually thrive, to, to grow and be healthy. Let's go back to Shrek. Remember Shrek, the sheep? Big sheep, right? Holy moly, big sheep. Look at what happened to Shrek after he found a shepherd. They managed 60 pounds of wool. Now, if you have ever been with sheep, the average sheep, after a year of growing wool, brings out about 10 pounds. And sheep are sheared every year, every time. Because the weight of the wool can actually hurt their health. He had six times the amount that an average sheep carries. Now, wild sheep will shed their wool every year. But domesticated sheep like Shrek keep growing wool. They never shed it. So he, he accumulated 60 pounds of wool. And not only that, he had all this wool, but that wool had grown over his eyes. He was almost blind. And the, the guys who sheared him, the shepherds, said that he was close to the point where the wool had matted on his legs and he was almost unable to stand. If he had gone much longer living in a cave, he would have died from the lack of care, from the wool that was on him. The fact is this, guys. We are all spiritually blind. And we are all carrying weight that we cannot carry on our own. We all need a shepherd. Every single person who has ever been born needs a shepherd to take their blindness and to take their weight and give them new life. And that's what Jesus offers to anyone who would believe in Him and confess Him as their Lord and Savior. Jesus wants to remove our baggage. But here's the thing. If we're going to accept the offer that Jesus gives to take that weight and to take our blindness, then we also have to recognize that we have to fully submit to His leading. The sheep doesn't just kind of obey. The sheep fully obeys. Shepherd says, come, the sheep, go with Him. Because if they stray away from the flock, they almost always die. Shrek is a really strange occurrence in the life of a sheep. If you know anything about shepherding, you know that Shrek is one of these kind of anomalies. It doesn't happen where a sheep roams off and survives for six years. It just doesn't happen. That's why this was such a crazy story. Every single one of us need a shepherd in order to, to, to have eternal life. Remember, that thief is wanting to steal you. He's wanting to steal your joy, your happiness, your eternity. He wants to kill you slowly, spiritually kill you off. He wants to destroy everything about you. And he wants to try and destroy what Jesus has for you. But the gate will protect you from what that thief wants to come in and do. The gate will be the one that protects us 
and brings us in and out to good pastures so that we can grow in Him. So here's my question this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have Jesus as the gate or the shepherd. And maybe you're, you've got questions or ready to make a decision about being a follower of Jesus. After service, you can grab me, Pastor Josh. We're going to have our prayer team right over here next to the stage. Come grab one of our prayer team members and pray with them. They would love the opportunity to have that discussion or answer questions about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus. And if you are, I have this question for you. What is holding you back from entering the perfect protection and the perfect love of the shepherd, of the Savior? We all hold on to something. We've all got that baggage that we're clinging on to. What is it in your life that you're holding on to that's keeping you from fully entering in to the perfect love and perfect protection of the shepherd, the gate, Jesus? What do you need to let go of today? In prayer.